Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders and miracles. We're going to start tonight in Revelation chapter 17. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. Thank you, Dorothy. How are you doing tonight? I am overcoming. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's what we're all here for. In fact, I've been teaching a little bit more about the things, the purpose for why we're here. I've got here with uh Rhonda Mayberry here tonight. Hi. So, well, she'll be reading for me if she has any comments. She'll uh, give her comments and stuff. But as I said, the main thing is that people fail to understand we are made out of nothing. And because we're made out of nothing, we had to have a purpose. And our purpose is to obey God and the, do his will. And his will is to obey his son because the son is the one that created everything. And it was done by the word. And the word still goes forth and the world is still being created. And when we put our own thoughts into this thing, we mess it up. A lot of times people think we're in the middle of revelation right now. We're not. We're not even at the beginning of revelation. But what we are at, the beginning of uh, a revival, which has already started in the United States. They started sending people from Europe, from Africa, from Argentina, and stuff like that, to witness to us here when we used to send missionaries over there. But the thing is, people have to get out, get to remember, reminding themselves, they're not here for their purpose. They're here for God's purpose. And we're reading about what's getting ready to happen when the revelation uh, is starts to be revealed and all the things that's going to be happening upon this earth. I wouldn't want to be here. As I say, eternity is a long time and our lifespan is, is no more than 120. So with 120 versus eternity, I'd be doing what God wants now because it's called a sacrifice a praise, a sacrifice of doing what God wants you to do. A lot of times you won't feel like it, but if you if you continue to make God happy, God will make you happy. If you make God angry, then you'll receive, you'll receive the consequences. And I, as I tell people, I say, it ain't worth it. All we have to do is humble ourselves. Humble ourselves and do what the word says. Well, as I said, we're going to start off with uh, Revelation, the 17th chapter, starting with the first verse. Revelation, the 17th chapter, starting with the first verse. And it says this, And there came one of the seven angels, which were had the seven vows, talking with me. 
saying unto me, Come hither. I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sits upon many waters. Now, the word waters can either represent words or people or nations. Well, right now, we're talking about nations. If you notice, the world is getting trying to be set up for a one-world order. The, uh, one of the uh, presidents, it was uh, Bush, said one-world, new world order, same thing. It's all about having one person in charge. And this is what we, we're, we're seeing is getting ready to happen. But in the meantime, the army of the devil, the, the God of this world is getting themselves together. But we, as the children of God, are trying to learn more and more on what we need to do so that we can pass through this place and make it to the higher level. So here it is. And it said, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants which have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried away me into the spirit, into the wilderness. And I saw a woman set upon uh, set upon scarlet colored beast, having names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten crowns. So in other words, some of these uh, leaders are going to have more than just one little nation under them. That's why it says seven heads and ten crowns. And the woman represents either the church or the uh, world leader. It will be, uh, be spread it out. He will have control over all the earth. They will all worship him. They will all that's here is going to be taken that, uh, that accept the sign of the beast. They'll be under torment. They'll be under judgment. They're going to be under things that we, as the children of God, hopefully we're out of here. But there are going to be some people here left behind. And the ones that get left behind, they got to fight through for seven years that they can make it, you know, be able to survive and then get to heaven. All right? So it says, the fourth verse, And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hands full of abomination and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abomination of the earth. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of saints and with the blood of martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with a great admiration. Then it says, and then the angel said unto me, wherefore did you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. Now here's the, the hidden truth. And one thing I like about the Bible it always interprets itself. It'll tell you. If you read long enough, study long enough, it goes, the rule is precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. And the more you, you start to search those things out, the more you'll find out why we pray to God, why our days are supposed to be filled with prayer. That's why it says, uh, 
that man should always to pray and not to think. In other words, we're talking about mankind. Everybody needs to pray more. Uh, well, I pray enough already. No, you need to pray more. And you need to pray. If you pray in tongues, start speaking more in tongues. Because our Heavenly Father is sending his son back to claim his bride. And only those who made themselves ready will be able to go. Then it says, the beast that you saw and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose name were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is in other words now here are these people here on the earth they had the chance to have their name written in the book of life but yet still they decided they'd rather search and do those things of what the world does in other words, their peace of mind came from what makes them happy instead of what makes god happy then it says here and here is the man which had wisdom. The seven heads are the seven mountains on which the woman sits. And these are seven kings. See, I tell you, the Bible always interprets itself. Five have fallen. One is, and the other one is yet to come. And when he comes, he must continue for a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and of the of the seven which goes down in perdition now eighth always means new beginnings so in other words here's another kingdom that came in and yet and still because they came from the seventh kingdom they already been uh cursed and said they will go down into perdition and the ten horns which thou saw are ten kings which has received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. In other words, they're going to have authority, and it's going to be given from the beast. That's, that is the lowest part of the soul. That's why we, when you hear the word beast, that's what it's talking about, the soul. And having one mind shall give their power and strength unto the beast. They shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them. For he is the Lord of lords and king of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And he said unto me, The water which you saw where the whore sitteth are people and multitudes and nations and tongues, which I just got to telling you earlier. I told you the Bible always interprets or explains itself. And the ten horns which thou sawest are upon the beast, these shall hate the whore and shall make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put in their, their heart or in their mind to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the word of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is the great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Now, what's getting ready to happen is I said it's going to be a one-world order. A lot of stuff is uh, it's going to happen, but it, it, it'll be when we look backwards. 
that God had already prophesied what was going to happen, and we didn't recognize it until later. So the things that, that we read now, these things are going to come to pass. The word prophecy and the word gospel are, are the same word, means that God said this is going to happen. And it, the good news is that we know that the God that we serve is the true God and that he made nothing. He made something out of nothing. And his word is still going forth today. Would you like to read on the 18th chapter? And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and it become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacy. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye not that ye be not protectors of her sin, and that ye receive not of her plague. Now, if you notice, it said, come out of there, my people. So that's letting you know that God's going to have people here on this earth, and they're going to have to battle on through. They have, they can't take the march. They're going to have to depend on the Lord to be able to, uh, to clothe them, to feed them. Everything that the word says in Matthew, the sixth chapter, you're going to have to, your life is going to have to depend on that. You're going to have to trust God with everything. But as I say, if you're the ones that have made themselves ready, when Jesus comes back for his church without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing, you'll be taken out of here. But the others will be left behind. Okay, would you continue to read? For her, for her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquity. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her and unto her double according to her work, and the cup which she had filled unto her double. Now if you notice it says reward her as she has rewarded unto you, I'm trying to tell you. There are gonna be people left behind. So a lot of these people that's waiting on the rapture, they they're ready to get out of here, but yet still they're not living the lifestyle that they're gonna be able to leave. One You've got to forgive everyone, everyone. Try to do your best to get along with everyone. you also got to understand what is your purpose here on this earth. And that's why you have to search diligently in the scriptures to where God will have to stand out to know that this is my calling. If you're an apostle, you'll know if you're an apostle. You'll have a visitation from the Lord, and you will see him. That way you'll know. He will send you where you're supposed to go, and you know you're an apostle, only if you're sent. But then there's others, the uh, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Now, on the evangelist, he's going to have a drawing to where he wants to go out and try to do everything for everybody. But he's going to be sort of uh, almost like a prophet. He'll take a, he'll have that, that knife and be trying to cut the cancer out of you and try to tell you, this is the way you need to live. You need to give up all, all, not some, all those that, that take you out of the way. 
If your kids are taking you out of the way, leave the kids. If your husband's taking you out of the way, leave the husband. The wife is taking you out of the way, leave the wife. The thing is, you want to obey God, and the best thing you want is you and another person to hold on to the Lord together, because the Bible says uh, two, uh, three core four are not easily broken. What it's talking about, a man, a woman, and the Holy Spirit. When you have those three together, you have a strong bond that cannot be broken. The devil will try everything he can, but unless one of you weak gets weak, and it ain't going to be the Holy Spirit, it has to be the husband or the wife or the child and the parent. If one of them get weak, then you're going to have problems. But if you stay in God's hand, which means the word hand means thought, then you will be able to survive in these last and evil seconds. And we're not even going to say days. We'll say seconds. All right. We continue to read. How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. For she says in her heart, I I sit a queen and and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. Therefore, shall her plague come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall, shall utterly be burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judges her. As I keep trying to tell people, the things on this earth is put here for a test. You go through the test, you get stronger. You backslide from the test, you get weaker. And you'll have to go back through the test again. The best thing is always pass the test the first time so that you'll be able to not only doing it for yourself and becoming what we call an overcomer, but be able to able to help anyone else as they're going through tests. You continue to read, please. And the king of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. Standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alice, Alice, Alas. Alice, Alice, mm-hmm. that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her. For no man buyeth their merchandise anymore. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and fine wood and all manner vessels, ivory and all manner vessels of most previous wood of brass and iron and marble, and the cinnamon, and odors, and ointments, and frankincense, and wine, and oil, and fine flour, and wheat, and beasts, and sheep, and horses, and chariots, and slaves, and souls of men. In other words, it's saying we're going to go back to the position we used to have, the barter system, where we'll, uh, instead of having money and stuff, we'll have things that we want to barter off, like animals, people, food, flour, stuff like that. In other words, we need to really get back to the old uh, things of what God had us to do, you know, how we were more happier when we were growing our own food, 
when we're uh, uh, taking care of our own land and stuff. And when we go to the store, we buy just what we needed and didn't have to buy anything else. I know for myself, we had grapes, we had pears, we had apples, we had uh, peaches. All this grew in our yard. Uh, everything that we needed. There was uh, onions and stuff like that. Everything we needed. But the people have got away from it now. We always say we're too busy to farm. We're too busy to do all these things. We're too busy to cook. Well, there's going to be a time, as I say, that, and I'm, I'm praying that we're not going to be here, but it's the ones that's here. There's going to be a time you're going to have to learn how to survive, and then you're going to have to overcome the things of the devil and all the things that's happening up on this earth. Go ahead, and we'll finish up on 18 here. And the fruit that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee, and all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find no more at all. And the merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar, far, off far, off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alice, Alice, the great city that was clothed with fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour so great riches is come to naught, and every shipmaster and and all the company in ships and sailors, and as many as trade by sea, stood afar off. Now this is another thing too. In God's kingdom, everything always repeats itself. So what you're seeing here now, it can happen before the rapture. It can happen to where we're going to go through a time with uh, a great economy. Everything's going to be going good. We're going to have all kinds of funny, money and everything, everything that we need. And then within one second, everything can crash, just like they did in 1939, I think. And all those people were killing themselves because they were millionaires that morning. And before the afternoon, they were broke. And instead of them uh, thinking about, well, what can I do? How can I work or anything else? They just had no hope. And they decided to kill themselves. But we, the people of God, the thing is, our God is our, our, God is our hope. And he gives us a word. And so if we live by the word, and the word will live by you. And the two of you will become one. That's what he's trying to get us back to, the oneness of God. And that we'll see that God is right, and anybody else that goes against God's word is wrong. That's why I love the Bible so much, because it has proven to me over and over and over again, there's only one God. And that God is the one who wrote this book. He is the one who gave the interpretation to us to read. In other words, Yes, it's a uh, book written in English. Yes, there's some that's written in Greek. Yes, there's 72 different languages here, or even more. And they all, if they, they all have a meaning. And the meaning is there is only one God. And if we learn to love that God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, then the world will turn, will turn back to him. And because when the world turns back to him, 
the devil will lose his power. But in the meantime, as long as we have an ego or like the kids used to say, ego tripping, they're all about me, 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 me. You're in the same kingdom of the devil. And the devil's always worried about himself. And he ain't worried about you, but he's worried about himself. And he ain't even worried about his kingdom. He's always worried about himself. Take care of me, me, me. And the demons and devils are the same thing. It's all about them. And the only reason they serve Satan, even though they don't like him, they're scared of him. Because they rebel against the God of heaven. So who are they going to go to to ask for mercy? They have no one. So they have to serve the devil when they don't want to. All right. Will you continue, please? And cried when I saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what, is, what a city like unto this great city. And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alice, Alice. What a great city, wherein were made rich, were made rich in all that had shipped in the sea by reason of her costliness. For in one hour she is made desolate. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged on you her. And the and a mighty angel took up a stone with a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall thou great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. So in other words, he said, he prophesied. It's like he tried to tell y'all. If y'all learn that that word gospel means prophecy. God prophesies everything from the end to the beginning. In other words, there's nothing that God does not know. But the thing is, he wants us to go through these things that we're going through, the trials and tribulations, so that we'll be strong leaders. Or I don't know, maybe God's getting ready to give us a universe, each one of us a universe of ourselves to run. Because who knows how, how big God's universe is out there? Nobody. In fact, about it, they said there's over 100 billion suns out there, and if you got a hundred billion sons and you got all these other plants around there, believe me, the God that I serve, there is no man or any way I can even describe him or his kingdom. But as we start to go into uh, uh, learning how to rule, how to rule and reign, we'll be the ones that are rejoicing because God has made us the uh, holy apostles, prophets, and the God-serving people. And for that, we will have the power. We will be sitting up there with our Father. And then as that 21 says, And a mighty angel took up a stone, like a great millstone, and cast it into the sea. The word sea can mean that nation or people. Thus with violence shall the great city Babylon, means confusion, be thrown down and shall be found no more. No more at all. In other words, the, the kingdom of devil is going to be destroyed by violence. And the Bible says the, the kingdom of heaven surface violence and the violence take it by force. As we're starting to get stronger, as we start to learn who we are in Christ, that we were born for a purpose, and the purpose is to rule and reign with our God. 
and our God is teaching us through the things we suffer, through the things you're going through. People say, well, what about my sickness? What about my disease? That don't seem like I'm learning anything. Yes, you learn patience when you're going through it. When you see somebody else, you will have compassion for that person. Because I know many people, until they're hurting and stuff, oh, well, that's their fault. The reason they're the alcoholic because they didn't try to put, apply themselves. But let something happen to them, then they understand, hey, it isn't always somebody's fault. Things happen because the God of this world is Satan. And Satan is the one who's trying to destroy the people of God. But we, we the people of God, start to fight back and so we can learn so that we can take control over the enemy and that the enemy is the one that's being defeated. And so now we'll listen to about what it says in the 22nd verse. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and of trumpets shall be heard no more at all in thee. And no craftsman of whatsoever can be, I mean, craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall be heard no more in thee. For thy merchants shall, for, for thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by sorcering, I mean sorcerers, mm-hmm. sorcerers, were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of the prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. And you notice right there where it says in the 23rd, where it says, for by thy sorcery was all nations deceived. Well, what is that? Drugs. The, uh, the other name for it is pharmacia. In other words, people are going to be tricked, just like the military. Uh, people say, well, I don't believe that. Our government wouldn't trick us. Our government wouldn't do things like that. Yes, the big business is pharmacia. The big business is is uh, drugs. And right now, if they can just get you on this new stuff that they got, where they're targeting the kids, that vapor, the where you see these kids are, uh, Inhaling this thing, talking about, well, it's not much uh, in there. It's just uh, be able to relieve me so I don't have to smoke cigarettes and stuff. And they actually open up spiritual doors. And the more you you talk about this stuff, the more you look at the kids, the more you'll see it. There's things happening to their body, physically happening to their body. It shows up on their skin and stuff. So that's why, as I say, what's getting ready to happen will already happen before and there's nothing new under the sun. This is why when God says there will be no candle or light, what he's talking about, there will be no understanding of wisdom. People will sit up there and think, well, this is just normal. This is just normal. No, no. You're getting close to the end. And that uh, when they, that 24th verse, and it says, in her was found the blood of prophets. What is a prophet? He is one that goes out and warns you of what God's word says. And tries to tell you, change, change, change. And of the saints, that's the, all the rest of the people. Those people that have been called in, they have made their, their choice to serve God. But the world, it says, of all that were slain upon the earth, but the world wants to kill us. 
Satan wants to kill us. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. Why shouldn't we serve somebody who wants us to live instead of somebody who wants us to die? Uh, Dorothy, are you there? Yes, I am here. I wanted to share something I heard on, on uh, from Kari Blake. I was listening to him today. Okay. Um, I just like the way he turned, you know, I like a good turn of phrase. You know, I just do. And he says, you know, okay. we were never promised a storm-free life. But we were promised a storm-proof life. <laughs> I just like that. <laughs> right. I just like that. Mm-hmm. So. I say the main thing is now that we are in these these dark times, but there's also the time of light. It's dark because of the people that's doing wickedly, but it's light for us who are going through the storm and overcoming the storm. The main thing is I tell people all the time, don't complain. That's the secret to getting along with God. Don't complain. Ask God what you need and then do what he tells you. A lot of times we'll ask God what we need, and when he tells us what we need, we won't accept it. We want to do the things we want because we want pleasure. We want to pleasure our lives instead of pleasure the King of Kings, the Lord of Lord, and God of God. Uh, is there anybody out there that'd like to ask any questions before we continue in on the Book of Revelation? Because just like uh, the Hebrew alphabet, it has twenty-two letters, and the Book of Revelation has twenty-two chapters. Each one of those chapters represents the Hebrew letter and when you get to the end you'll find out that everything that God has been teaching us from the beginning from Genesis which is called in Hebrew Birashit means the beginning until the end which is to reveal what God has been telling us all the time the revelation of Jesus Christ who is Jesus Christ he is the word that was made flesh he came to represent God the Father so that we'll know how God the Father thinks and that we will worship him, God the Father, through the Son, because he said no man comes to the Father except by him, and through the Spirit of God. For God is a spirit, and those that must that, that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, another name for spirit is understanding. Understanding the truth. Understanding the truth. And what is the truth? The truth is, first of all, that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That means with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then after that, you got to be able to sacrifice yourself. That's why it says, Romans 12, chapter says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change the things that you think and let God order your steps. Let God give you the way to think. Let God give you wisdom. And as he does this, 
we will re- be rewarded for all eternity. As I told you, 120 years ain't nothing versus eternity. I'd rather suffer now and knowing that I've obeyed God and received the reward at the great white throne judgment than to sit up here and have pleasure all this time and die if I got to go through judgment. And the judgment is hell. All right, let's continue on. We got trying to get all three chapters in today, all four chapters. All right. And after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory, honor and power unto the God or the, unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, for he hath for he hath judged the great poor, which did not corrupt which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants in her in, at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God and sat at the throne saying, Amen, Alleluia. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye, all ye, his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I, and I heard, as it were, the voice of a, of a great multitude, and the voice of many waters, and as the voice of the mighty thunders, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God, uh, omnipotent, Mm-hmm. Now here's the thing: you're reading about what generally what God's true people are going to be doing. They're going to be praising God, Hallelujah, for the things that God has done for us, and that found out how much mercy we got, and that there's going to be, according to the second verse, for true and righteous are His judgments, for He has judged the great whore and everybody under that uh, system. I call it. Uh, the computer system. I think the Bible calls it the uh, the beast because before there was a beast and now there is a super beast of a computer that's able to read you 300 times by the time you cross the street. After a while, you're going to have to uh, mark in your forehead or in your hand and everything the Bible says is going to come to pass. But those that know their God and those that because I say I'm praying that we don't have to go through the, the tribulation period. I'm praying that we'll be out of here. But those that are left behind, I pray that they will make it. I pray that they'll hold on to the word this time and will do those things that pleases God. Because a lot of times we'll say, I'm willing to die with God. But you don't know what you'll do until you go under pressure. Look at the disciples of Jesus. They were right there. They've been with him. For three years and stuff and over, but yet still when the pressure came, they left him. They left him by himself. In fact about it, Peter who said uh, I will die with you, he denied him three times. And the person who says that uh, that uh, me and my brother will die with you, James and John, they were gone too. And then there was Mark who ran away butt naked. You don't know until you come up under pressure. That's why I tell people, I said, listen, let's not have to go through this stuff. Let's get out of here now while God has given us a way out. 
And then it says on that fourth verse, it says, And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen. Amen is another word for truth. You know, they say, so be it means so be it. But it actually means, in Hebrew, it actually means the truth. So every time you say, Amen, you're saying that is the truth. That is the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then it says, and you'll be wondering, why is it hallelujah instead of hallelujah? Hallelujah, it starts with an H, which is in the Hebrew language, is Yud, which is a part of God's name, Yuhe That's the tetragram, they call it, that he goes by. But really, it's his nature, his character, that he's omnipotent from all from time past, that he operates through thought, speak, and action. And then he doesn't want to be alone, so he created beings to have fellowship with and gave them the same gift. That's what it says in their image and in his likeness, thought, speak, and action. And as we're hooked together, then we're being made as one. And the hallelujah will be when we get the fullness of God in us. So that's why we practice every day, getting up, praying, thanking God for everything he did for me yesterday, everything he's doing for me today, and what he's going to do for me in the future, and not only for me, but my family, my church family, my friends, and your church family that are true, true church family should become before your own natural family. Because your natural family, they they didn't, they didn't uh, choose you. You were just born into the family. But a friend that chooses you, they'll stay closer than a brother. That's why we search for the ones that really love us the one that really want to come and do those things that God wants. And as you do that, that's what I'm talking about, even like marriage couple. If a man and a woman really love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the Holy Spirit is back there with them, then they will bind together. No matter what they're going through, what corruption is trying to happen against, they will bind together. But if the Holy Spirit is not sanctioning that, it is not going to work. So then on that fifth verse, it says, and a voice came out from the throne saying, praise our God, all his servants. That's who we are. We are the servants of the most high God. And you that fear him, both small and great. In other words, if you're not a servant of God, if you'll still respect him and obey him, you have just the same amount of authority as a servant or the man or the woman of God. So this is why God is here. We have a question. Okay. Um, area code eight one six five five zero. What's your question, honey? Your mic's open. Okay, I'm sorry. Good evening, everybody. Um, Good evening. I was just gonna ask. I was curious, what chapter are we in? Because I am totally lost. <laughs> We're in chapter nineteen so of the Book of Revelation. Okay, I, that was all I about to ask. Yeah. I'm enjoying yeah. everything I'm hearing, mm-hmm. and I appreciate it. Huh? We're at the seventh verse seven of the nineteenth chapter. Uh huh. Okay. Of Revelation. Okay. I'm glad you called in. Right. Well, I'm glad to be here. Because mm-hmm. these things are 
It's already happening, and it's going to happen again. That's why the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Time we say it's new, it's already old. So God always right. repeats things, always. So if you don't pass the test the first time, you'll go back through that test a second time, a third time, and a fourth time, and it always gets rougher and rougher. But the thing is, you get to be stronger and stronger. It's just like uh, exercising. The more you exercise, the stronger you are. The less you exercise. <laughs> All right. Do you have Absolutely. any other questions, Anna? I'm going to get off the air. God bless everybody. But I'm, I'm going to continue to listen because this is fruit for knowledge. It's true. Amen. All right. Then it says, on the sixth verse, it says, I hear as it was the voice of a great multitude and the voice of many waters. A lot of times when God talks, it sounds like uh, back in the old days, it was, and it still is, it's like a whole lot of people are talking at the same time, but they talk in unison. That is God himself. When he speaks to you, it's like the children of Israel. When they came to the mountain, they said, well, Moses, we want to hear from God. And once God spoke, they said, oh, Moses, we don't want to hear from God. <laughs> they were scared. When God speaks in the natural spiritual realm, I mean the natural realm, you will shudder. You will be scared. You will even die. This is why we want to get on, you know, do those things that's pleasing God now. So when we get our new body and our new mind, then we'll be one with him. And boy, there's no greater joy to be in the presence of God and know that he loves you. So it says, uh, saying, hallelujah, for the Lord God is omnipotent rain. In other words, there is no place that God ain't with you. Just like I went, uh, it's been taught that God is closer to you than the breath in your own mouth. So if you just take your hand and blow into your hand, the breath out of your mouth into your hand, he's closer than that. This is why, this is one of the secrets of the kingdom I'm going to talk about. When you get ready to pray, focus in your mind that God is going to hear your prayer. If you're thinking that he might hear your prayer, then you have no confidence in your your prayer. And that's why uh, Mark, the 11th chapter, and the 23rd verse was written. You'll need to go study that. Mark, the 11th chapter, and the 23rd verse. Because if you read that, you'll start to understand that God explains the kingdom over and over away again, but he gives us different ways to understand it. And once you understand, that's why it says wisdom is the principal thing, but with all you're getting, get an understanding. The more you get an understanding, the less you start worrying about the things of this earth. Stress, stress will kill you. Worry puts cancer in people. You'd be stressed out. You'd be worried out. Don't worry about these things. God knows what you need. Your job is just to pray and ask God because he wants to be wanted. He wants for somebody to say, Lord, I can't do it on my own. I need help. He wants you to reach out and touch him. He wants you to, to go out there and ask him things. For like if any of us lack wisdom, they said, let us ask of God. 
who gives us liberally and upbraideth not. No, God don't criticize you for wanting to know wisdom. The thing is, a lot of times we already preconceive ideas when we ask you for wisdom. You can't have no preconceived ideas trying to figure stuff out. That's one of the things I've been telling my church for over 40 years, different people that I get with. Stop trying to figure things out. You look at a dot, or let's, let's make it like this. Look in the sky. You see a star. In that star, there's a whole bunch of other stars around it. Now, if you don't know the one little composition about that one star, how are you going to understand the rest? You can't. So that's why I tell people, don't try to figure it out. Just listen to what God says and accept it. The more you accept it, the more humble you get. The more humble you get, the more you get to see God. That's why he said, study of me, for I am meek and lowly. Humble, humble, humble is the way unto Christ. Humble is the way that God wanted us to be, that we love one another instead of trying to rule over one another or say, I'm smarter than you. I got more than you. That's the world. That is the world. We need to do those things that's pleasing in God's eyesight and be transformed to his image and likeness. That's why it says, of his dear son. And what is his dear son? The word, the word of God. The more you study the word, you're going to see all that prophecy and everything and how God is operating, and you're going to be able to move in that area. That's why I'm telling people now, this is the time to get prepared to move from one level, from face to face, to glory to glory, to the next level. All right. Well, let us continue to read on the 7th verse. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And her... And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Now, that word, righteousness of saints, everybody's talking about, well, I got the righteousness of God. You know what that righteousness means? It's very simple. It means those who do what is right. Now, if you ain't doing what is right, you don't have the righteousness. But you practice righteousness. You practice not lying. You practice not stealing. You practice being kind to one another. That is righteousness, to do what is right. And we are, uh, we're the ones who God has entrusted. And I had talked to y'all about that another day, about how the seed of God's bride is in each one of us. But only for those who decide they want to work at doing what is right. And that makes that spirit in us righteous and to uh, God's eyesight. Let's keep going. Ninth verse. And he said unto me, Right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou, do it not. I am the fellow servant of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, if you notice, I keep telling y'all, the word gospel means prophecy. 
The Bible always interprets itself. You go back in there, it says, that 10th verse says, I fell at his feet to worship him, who? The angel. And he said to me, see thou do not, for I am a fellow servant. The, the angels are the servants with us and of thy brethren. In other words, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and it has the testimony of Jesus. Who is Jesus? The word. The word Jesus in Hebrew actually means salvation. And in other words, God with us. And then and then he said, Now I'm gonna tell you who you need to worship. Worship God. Worship the word. Obey the word. For the testimony of Jesus. Testimony is something that you tell about somebody. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It can't get no clearer than that. Prophecy. We're moving into the year right now. In Hebrew, is five seven one eight. No, five seven eight zero, oh, which is the word, the Hebrew word for. As I told you, the Hebrew alphabet is so important, so important. It means prophecy or open mouth. God wants us to start practicing like a two-edged sword. When you do deliverance. Because most people have never did deliverance, so they don't have no clue how to do it. All they want to do is throw holy water on a person, put water on a person or something like that. But do not realize that the word is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide. That means you can divide the kingdom of darkness from the kingdom of light. You have the power to cut up the devil. You have the power to defeat Satan. You have the power because of the word. And if you would practice the word and read the word and stay in the word, especially when things are going through bad times, hard times, overcoming times, you stay with the word. Stay with the word and prophesy. Speak things as though they were. Because God, as I told you, is closer to you than your own breath in your mouth and being able that he's able to speak through you when you stop trying to figure it out. When you stop trying to work it out, let him speak through you. And don't that way you have nothing to brag about. Well, I'm a prophet. I'm a prophetess. I I prophesied to this person. You ain't did nothing. If it's God, he spoke through you. He didn't need you. You needed him. But if you'll let him do that and he'll humble you, keep getting you down humbler the way you'll start realizing, God, you love me so much that you helped me to help somebody else. That's all we're here for, to help do somebody else and to obey God and that the prophecies that what God has spoken in the beginning. And the first prophecy on the Bible was Genesis 3 and 15. If you want to know what the first prophecy in the Bible was, read that. Well, actually, it's even further than that. When God said that there be light and there was light. But it's the first Talking to the human is 3 and 15, where it says that he will crush his heel. In other words, prophesying how the devil will be defeated. That's why when you do deliverance, make sure you know the word, because the word will set you free. All right, let's keep continuing. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And 
in righteousness he doth judge and make war. In other words, he do what is right, to judge and to make war. There is a war going on right now. There's nobody exempt from it. Let's get in and start fighting. Go ahead. His eyes were as a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon the white upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath his vest his vesture on his thigh, a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying, All the fowls that fly that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourself together unto the supper of the great God. Now let's go back and look at uh, some of this stuff here. In other words, we, you, when we was at the uh, 10th verse, we talked about Jesus is the spirit or the understanding of prophecy. He said uh, that John, you know, when he got his message, he said, I saw the heaven open and a great white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. A lot of times these uh, people call themselves Jehovah Witnesses, and they call themselves faithful and true, but there's only one who's faithful and true. And that is the word itself, which is Jesus. If we'll live by the word, we'll understand what does it mean for the uh, call faithful and true. And in righteousness, he does what's right and judge and make war. Now, here's the thing. I wouldn't want to meet God and he's angry at me. It says his eyes were the flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. In other words, he's letting you know I'm the ruler and nobody else. And he had a name written that no man knew but himself. Jesus has a name that nobody knows but himself. But he has many crowns. So he has many titles that he goes by. But the the greatest title of all is being the son of the living God. The son of the living God. Now, the next thing is, you know, he was reading... uh, it says, and he was clothed with vesture dipped in blood, and his in his name is called the Word of God. So it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God and the Word are the same. Then it says, and the army which was in heaven followed him with white horses, clothed with white linen, and white and clean. And out of his mouth, goes a sharp two-edged sword that he should smite the nations and shall rule them with a rod of iron and tread upon the winepress and up the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. Now, I want you to turn from there to Psalm, the second chapter and the first verse. As I told y'all, the Bible always interprets itself. And if you'll start letting it, it will explain everything that you need to know but it, God hides things. That's the one thing that 
if I can get get the church to understand, God has things because He don't like lazy people. He wants people that's going to search for them, search for Him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. They're going to read the Word and put the Word to practice. I want you to go to Psalms, the uh, second chapter, and the first verse. Now we just got through reading what it says how God would operate in the last days. It was a prophecy, prophesied prophecy, okay? Here it is. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The king of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sits in heaven shall laugh and the Lord shall have them in derision. In other words, here he's asking the question, why all these people think they're going to be able to rule God? Why do they think they're going to be able to rule this earth? Do they not know that God is God all by himself? And when they say, let us cut their bands asunder. In other words, anybody serving God, they don't want you to be connected to God. They want you to stay away from the word. The closer you get to the word, the closer you will be closer to him. And you will be connected to him by the Holy Spirit. When they all explain that, you'll be uh, connected by the Holy Spirit, which is called the cord, the cord. Then it says, he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. God's going to laugh at him. When you're going through problems, you won't study the word of God. I'm sorry, but God's going to laugh at you. And when he laughs at you, it ain't going to be uh, make everybody happy or anything. He's going to say, I tried, I tried, I tried, and you refused to listen. All right, now you're going through your own calamity, and I'm not going to help you. Then it says, he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in delusion. And then he shall speak to them in his wrath and vex them at his sore displeasure. When he gets mad, there's no change in God. I'm telling you. Yet I have set my king upon my holy mountain of Zion. Who has set him up there? God the Father has set him over Zion or the church. The word of God is the ruler. The word of God was everything was made for God, but for his son. And everything goes for the son. And the son pleases the father, which is the word. Then it says here, I will decree a decree that the Lord has said unto me. This is the father talking to the son. Thou art my son. This day have I begotten you or got you back. Ask Ask of me, and I will give thee the heathens for thy inheritance and the other part of the earth for thy possession. Then thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Didn't we just read that? And shall dash them into pieces like a potter's vessel. So now God is warning us, be wise, be, be wise now, therefore, O you kings, be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. In other words, be not wise in your own mind, but you never know when you might be talking to an angel. You may be talking to God himself. He uses people. And that's why you should search your thoughts. Is this has something to do with my salvation? Does it have something to do with my family? I want to make sure I obey God. And who is God? The word. And the way you learn the word is the more you study it, the more the word will become a part of you.
Then it says, serve the is it serve with fear. Fear is more than reverence. Fear is knee knocking. When you get in the presence of God, believe me, your knees will knock. And rejoice with trembling. Then it says, kiss the son. What does it mean to kiss the son? In other words, obey him. Obey the son, at least he be angry. And you perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust or faith in him. Him is the word. All right. Is anybody out there got any questions? You got anything to say, uh, Dorothy? Uh, no one has their hand up. Give them a second. Anybody have a question at all? Well, either I'm a good teacher or a bad teacher. <laughs> oh, someone but just I'm put sorry. their hand up. Okay. Let me get the mic open. Area code 404, your mic is open. Good afternoon, Apostle. Good afternoon, my brother. Well, I should say good evening. How's everybody doing? Oh, we're doing wonderful. The Lord is blessing. We're still here. That's true. Thank you. Uh, I was uh, studying Job, and um, and I, I don't have the exact quote, but uh, the, I believe the angels were presenting themselves to the Lord. That's and, Job, the first chapter. And then Satan was there. Yep. And, and the Lord was asking him where he's coming from. He said he's going back and forth to the earth, from the earth, and walking around on it. So my question is, were they not in heaven making this presentation? And if so, how? Why was he there? Well, I, I just want to get a better understanding. It didn't. I didn't fully understand that, and I was waiting for today to ask you. All right. Well, you notice it says in Job, the uh, first chapter in the sixth verse, it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God presented themselves before the Lord, and Satan came among them. Now, where is the, where is the Lord? He's in the third heaven. Okay? And, yes, okay. He's in the third heaven. And Satan came there himself because everybody, Everybody's got to report to God Everybody There's no way around it Everybody reports to God It's like you know most times people think It's a battle between the Lord And God And like (laughs) Satan's got a chance of winning He ain't got no chance of winning But in his mind he's going to keep trying And then it says And the Lord said unto Satan Whence cometh thou And Satan answered the Lord And said from going to and fro in the earth. So he wasn't coming from heaven to earth. He was going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. So his domain is the earth. And that goes with the book of Genesis where uh, 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 Adam did a high treason by giving the earth to Satan. 
because he thought he was going to get a higher position. He was already the God of this world. If you look up, uh, I think it's in Luke on the uh, uh, genealogy, you'll find out if you read all the way down, and they'll say, and Adam was the son of God. Uh, he got tricked. He got deceived. And so when it says that he was walking up and down and stuff, as I say, he always had to give an account to God. Everybody do. And the Lord said unto Satan, have thou considered my servant Job? For there's none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man with one who fears God and eschews evil or hates evil or avoids evil. In other words, Satan was given a report, and so was the sons of God. I really believe that this is just my own personal opinion. God ain't told me this. I really believe that each one of us is going to have a universe to control. I believe God is training us to get ready for that in the end times. I really believe that it's going to be beyond our imagination of what God's given us in this life and why we're being trained for this. And this is why we go through things. And a lot of times people say, why do the good people suffer so we can come stronger? The stronger we come, the greater we will be in the kingdom of God when it comes down to serving him and doing those things that's pleasing to him. Well, he made a comment about John the Baptist uh, when he said that uh, there, uh, John the Baptist is one of the greatest in the kingdom, but he's least in the kingdom. Now, how can he be greatest and least at the same time? Because of our position. And that's what we're looking for. We're being trained for a position. All right? So when he said that uh, he goes up and down, that's the reason he's going up and down. He's trying to find somebody to test. And that's why, if you notice, God didn't give, give him a chance to answer who he wanted to test. God gave him the person to test. The first thing he said unto, unto him, um, the eighth verse, the Lord said, Satan, have you considered, have you put a test to my servant Job? For there's none like him in, in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one who fears God and avoids evil. In other words, he was doing everything he can to please God. Then Satan said unto the Lord, does Job fear God or not? Have you not made a hedge around him and about his house and about all that he has on every side? Thou have blessed the works of his hands. And what does the word hands mean? Thoughts, his emotions, and his logic. God has blessed him. And, uh, and his substance is increased in the land. In other words, God said, now listen, Satan. This man here, he's a great example. Now, I want have you decided to test him? And here's Satan said, Well, look, you got all this protection around. Him. Look at all the things he got. He's got everything. So why would he not serve you? But he was God said, I want you to test him to, to let him know who he is. Not that God needs to know. God knows if we're gonna pass the test. He knows when we're gonna fall. He knows when we're going to uh, be strong. But as I tell people, it's, it's easier, a whole lot easier to stay close to the ground and humble than to get up on the pedestal and fall down. 
All right. Did I answer your question? Uh, you did. And uh, just to be clear, so this this all transpired within the third heaven, is what you if I'm if I'm clear on what you're saying. Yes. Okay. So therefore, Satan has access to the third heaven at his. Yes. Okay. And okay. as we read it in the book of uh, Revelation, where it says there's going to be a time when the devil and his angels are going to fight against Michael and his angels. And then that's when he will be cast down. He won't have no no access back up to heaven then. And the ones okay. that he'll be testing then are the ones that are born during the tribulation period. They're the ones that get a chance to be tested then. And then when the uh, there's going to be a, a major war, which is called the War of Armageddon. Most of the time, they th- everybody thinks it's going to be one. It's going to be two wars. And that last war, God's going to fight it himself, and fire is going to come down from heaven and going to destroy all those people so they can get ready for the great white throne judgment. All right. Did I answer your questions? Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for calling them. Thank you. Tell your wife I said hello. We'll and, do it. Uh, looking forward to talking to you because I'm trying to see about getting back down there. Now, don't put nobody put don't put my name on no list yet. I want to get back to Atlanta. So anyway, you oh. have a blessed day. You're always welcome. Thank you for your time, sir. Have a good night. All right. Uh, does anybody else got any questions out there? Uh, if you noticed on that, okay, I don't, talking about joke, uh, huh? I don't see any more hands up. So, okay, one of the things you notice about in the book of Job is a capital L O R D, and they're trying to figure. Well, what does that mean? It was talking about the uh, position that Jesus holds in the third heaven. He is God all by Himself. There, He rules. That he is the king of kings, lord of lords, and god of gods. And if you go to the uh, Revelation, the 19th chapter, it will explain that to you. All right. I tell you, the one that the, the, is it, greater than anybody can think or even imagine about the spirit realm and how much that God's glory is over everything. There is nothing that is not under his feet. So in other words, when Satan tells you that uh, you have no power over him, he's a liar. He's a liar. And you let him know that he's a liar. But you don't do it without faith. For Without faith, and it's impossible to please God. And it ain't going to do nothing to the devil. You got to make up your mind. If I said devil, get on your knees, devil, that means you get on your knees. If I tell the devil to surrender somebody, that's what I mean. Devil surrender. I don't make deals. I had a, a deliverance I had to do the other night. And as I was speaking that thing, I was letting it know according to the word God was putting in me that I have authority. And whenever he disobeyed, I went to the courtroom. And when I went to the courtroom, then the judgment is for me, and then I beat up the devil. A lot of people always trying to hurt him, get the devil out of a person. 
I want to make sure that devil never want to come back. So that's why you beat that devil. You don't just barely hear you. You beat him. And that's why the word smite. That's what smite means. To smite the devil. All right. Let's continue on. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying, <clears throat> saying to all the fowls, the fowls that fly in the midst of, the he- of heaven, come and gather yourself together unto the supper of the great God, and ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies, and their armies gathered together to make their war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. So in other words, this is that Armageddon thing where the, the beast, he is, that's the word they call him, the beast, which is the Antichrist or Satan. He's the one that's against God. Uh, or as I said, he his king and his kingdom is set up to fight against God and his kingdom. So it lets you know because he said to make war against him that sit on the horse, which horse? The white horse, and against his army. All right. And the beast was taken, and the beast was taken, and with and with him the false prophets that wrought miracles before him which he, de- he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his, worship, his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat on the horse, which sword proceeded out of, his, out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. In other words, Jesus is going to speak the word. That's how everything came into existence by speaking. Jesus is going to prove that it's, uh, the way that everything is operated is by frequency, sound, and noise. Those three things God's going to use again and again, and he never stops using it. That's where the fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet is. Thought, speak, action. Thought, speak, Action. Maybe one day I'll teach you on the Hebrew alphabet and what it means and stuff. And the more you understand that, the more you understand who Jesus is. He is really the word of God. And everything comes out of Jesus is to please God the Father. And he pleases the Son. And the Son pleases the Father. And that's what this is all about. Pleasing one another. And he wants us to be like them. He wants us to be in one accord, one mind. Pleasing God. And then he said, during that time, he said, I'm going to take the false prophets and the what? They work miracles. A lot of times, if people say, now, you cast out devil, you're the devil. And that's what they said about Jesus. But the thing is, it's going to be a time when the beast is going to give them uh, the false prophets and stuff power. And they're going to be able to act like false miracles, false prophecies. And the fact that it is not. The true God, for our God is what the word says. And the more we learn about the word, the more we'll start to prophesy or say what the word says. Then it says, 
They both was cast in the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. We're at the 21st. And the river was slain with the sword of his mouth that sat on the horse. You see, he has his army, but God is, Jesus himself is doing the war. He's the one speaking the word. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And when it proceeds out of his mouth, they ain't actually going to be a sword. People are going to be looking for Jesus to have a sword in his mouth. No, it's not going to be a sword out of his mouth. It's just the word is so sharp that if you speak into it, like I, I said, I take the sword of the spirit and I cut off your arm. Well, they're in the spirit realm. I'm in the natural realm. But I spoke. I prophesied. When I say I cut off your arm, that means that's what's getting ready to happen. And when I moved the Bible, I cut off that one's arm or his leg because I spoke it. And God is with me because it's in his breath. He's closer than in my own breath. So that lets me know I have nothing to fear. There was this great politician at one time in England. His name was Winston Churchill. He said, I have nothing to fear but fear itself. When you learn to face your fear, then you have nothing to fear. All right, let's continue to go on. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan bound him a thousand years. And he cast him in the bottomless pit and shut him up. And set, and set a seal upon him, and he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years shall be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loose a little, a little season. All right, now look at that. Uh, it says about this angel coming down from heaven, having a key to the bottomless pit. Now, if you notice earlier, the false prophet and those that worked miracles, False miracles were thrown into the lake of fire. So who's left? The the ruler, the big guy, devil and Satan. And he's gonna be bound this the same person gonna be bound in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. Why a thousand years? Because at that time Jesus is supposed to come back. No supposed to. Jesus will come back and he will rule and reign this earth for a thousand years. Those who have got their new bodies, those who have obeyed the word of God, will rule and reign right along with him. Now, he'll be in Jerusalem. That's where he's going to rule the whole world, from Jerusalem. But us saints will rule from different places. I've asked for uh, the United States. I want to be the president of the United States so that I can uh, do those things that's pleasing in God's eyesight. And for a thousand years, we'll live in peace. A thousand years, we'll be able to uh, know how the earth should have been rolled uh, the first 6,000 years. But the seventh year, which is seven, that's why it's going to be a thousand years, it'll be the year of peace. Then after that, we'll see what else happened, what the Bible says. I told you, it always interprets itself. So then it says that he'll be loose a little season or a little time. Now we're at the fourth verse. And they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had no worship, which had not worship, 
which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon his forehead, their forehead, or in their hands, and they lived in a reign with Christ a thousand years. But you notice I told you the Bible always interprets itself. Now it tells you how long we're going to worship and uh, rule and reign with Jesus a thousand years, which will be the seven thousandth year of the earth. All right. But the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed is holy is blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death have no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years were expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, to battle the number of whom is the sand of the sea. Now, here's the thing. It says in that seventh verse, it says when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be loosened out. He'll be out of prison again. And he'll be able to go out and deceive the nations, which were not born again. They were born during the tribulation period. And then it says, into uh, uh, the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, together to, uh, together to the battle. As I told you, there's two battles of Armageddon. This is one. This is the second one. The second one doesn't happen until after a thousand years. That's why when these people talk about, well, we're looking for the uh, war of Gog and Magog, which is in Ezekiel 38 chapter, it ain't going to be the time. Not until after the thousand year reign. All right, let's keep going. And they went up on the dreaded of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about. In the beloved city, the fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. So in other words, this second war, this second uh, Armageddon, God himself is going to bring down the fire. There's, we're not going to be fighting in there. This will be a God, I mean, this is going to be the battle that God's going to do and he's going to do it strictly from the sky, bringing down fire, Holy Ghost fire. And keep going. And the devil that deceived, that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, for whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And the and the death and the and hell delivered up the dead which were in the which were in them. And they that were judged and they that will judge every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, here you go again. The book of life is being taught over and over and over again. 
in, in the first uh, chapter or in the beginning of uh, Revelation, it talks about whose name is not written in the book of life. In other words, their name was there, but it was canceled out because you can change your mind. You don't have to walk with God. If you don't want to, God will let you walk whatever way you want. In fact, about it, the Bible says, if you're filthy, let them be filthy still. If you're uh, unrighteous, let them be unrighteous still. God will let you go back to your own dirt if that's what you want. But if you notice that 12th verse, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. What books was open? It's the book, what we call the Olivet. The Olivet, the Hebrew Apple book was open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. It tells you the second book is called the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. In other words, I'll just give you the first five letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Aleph, Beth, Gimel, Dalit, Hey. Aleph can mean one or a thousand or the head. So in other words, he's giving you a mystery of saying, if you understand what these mysteries are, you'll understand how the kingdom works. Now, the word Aleph, if you say it backwards in Hebrew, it says mystery. It warns you that God hides things. The next word is Beth. What is Beth? A dwelling place or, or a place where the house is. Who lives in the house? The king lives in the house. So it's the kingdom that we're talking about. The king lives in the kingdom. And what does he do? He gives us rules. So that's why the third word is called gimel. means to give. It could be a rich man running after a poor man, which would be God given to us. As I told you, it could be a, different, a lot of meaning. But the thing is, it's the prophecy that we need to look at. And we'll never understand the prophecy until it's already been fulfilled and we can look back over our shoulders and say, oh, this is what the word meant. Oh, this is what the proverb was. Oh, this is the secret meaning of this. Yes, but the thing in the meantime is move forward. Don't sit there like a deer in the car light and can't figure out which way to run. Learn to understand the word and what God is teaching us. So in other words, it says, and the books were open. That's the Hebrew alphabet. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And they were going to be judged. Then it says, according to their works. In other words, good or bad, you're going to be judged according to what you say. Every idle word. You hear what I'm saying? Every idle word, you're going to have to give an account for. So it's better sometimes just to shut your mouth. I'm not criticizing people. I'm just trying to tell you how to stay out of trouble with God. If you don't complain, God will bless you. If you're saying, Lord, whatever you want, I'll do. God will bless you. But most of the people, they're like a goat. And the goat always said, but, 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 but. Anytime you start using but, you better start, stop and think, Where am I, what am I trying to but about? Sheep go, bah, bah, bah. Obey, obey, obey. And that's what God referred to himself as the good shepherd. The shepherd, he takes care of his sheep. When he talked to Peter, he said, feed my lamb. 
Then he said, feed my sheep twice. All right. So then it says, and uh, the 14th verse, it says that death and hell was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. In other words, there's going to be two big judgments, okay? I told you, God always repeats things, always repeats. And whoever is not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. And that lake burns forever and ever and ever because we already read said it does. So that's why we don't have to add the other part except for what the scripture says. Precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here little, there little. I'm teaching y'all the secrets of God, and it's not, I mean, God, that I'm telling you the secrets of heaven. I'm just telling you how to stay out of trouble with God, how to stay out of trouble with God. All right, when you continue to read 21st chapter and the first verse. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned by her, for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with, is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Now, if you notice that thing on the fourth verse, it says, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. The word tears, as I told you, with Hebrew words, it would be more than one thing. The word tear means memory. So that when you get to heaven, you will not have any pain or any sorrow of any member that did not make it into heaven. That's why I tell people, don't get so caught up on the things of this world. Your job is to make sure you do what's right before God. You pray for people, but if they don't make it, you won't remember it. When you get to heaven, all is nothing but joy in the presence of the Lord. Joy. And there's no sorrow, no crying, or there any more pain. For the former thing will pass away. I'll be glad when pain passes away. Ain't that right, Dorothy? <laughs> no more pain in our bodies. All the other people that have pain in their body, just think about it. God's going to be able to just say a word. He's not going to actually physically wipe your eyes. He's going to say a word. And all of a sudden, all memories and stuff are going to come out of there. And everything that's bad, you won't remember. And all who didn't make it, you won't remember. But all that did make it, you will remember them. And you'll recognize them by their voice. Everybody will be recognized by the voice. All right, go ahead. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto, unto thee the authors of the fountain of the water of life freely. And he he that overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, 
and he shall be my son. All right. Now look at that thing. Let's go back up there to the sixth verse where it says, I say unto, and he said unto me, I, it is done, finished, already taken care of. I am Alpha and Omega. In Greek, that's Alpha and Omega. But in Hebrew, it's called Aleph Tau. That's what I keep trying to tell you about the Hebrew alphabet. It is the most important thing because the Hebrew alphabet is God. He is the word. Everything from the beginning to the end is all about the word. And it says, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that a thirst from the fountain of the water of life freely. You notice when you hear, out of their bellies will come rivers of living water. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled, and the Holy Spirit will come bubbling up out of your stomach. In other words, you won't thirst no more. That's why he said, once you get a drink of this, you'll never thirst again. That's what he was talking about, the Holy Spirit. He's not talking about physical water. And because of that, wisdom and understanding and knowledge will flow through you, and you will, you and he that overcomes shall inherit. Inherit means that somebody gave you something. They left it to you in a wheel. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. How did we get to be the sons of God? If you read the book of Mark, where it says that he gave us power to become the sons of God. When it says that the sons of God had to give a report in the book of Job, he was talking about us. We're the children of God. We're the sons of God. That's why it says the earth groans for the manifestations of the sons of God. But we don't know who we are yet. This is why I'm trying to train y'all. I'm trying to be trained myself. The more I learn, the more I teach. The more I teach, the more I learn. The same is with you. We are supposed to get off our rear end and study that word of God as if our life depended on what it does. And the thing is, when you start to move for God, God has already still gave us rules to obey. And so I want you to see what these rules are. The eighth verse. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and the liars have their part in a lake which which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now you you see what he what she said? The fearful, the timid, the scared. Well, I would cast out demons, but it ain't my calling. You're a liar. It is your calling. The Bible says, uh, who shall ever will? You accepted the Lord, you're supposed to do your work. If you're not doing it, why do you think these demons are taking over these people? Because you're not doing your job. Well, I got to take care of my family. I got to do this. I got to do that. Listen, the main thing is what the word says. He said, the first thing he said, cast out demons. He didn't say take care of your family. He said, cast out demons. If you learn how to do that, when your family got some demons, you'll be able to stand up to those demons and say, look, demons, you have no legal right here. You might as well flee, but if you're not, I'm going to whoop you. In other words, you don't try to make the thing intimidated and run. You tell them what you're getting ready to do. When you do that, they'll start running from you. And it says unbelievers and the abominations and murderers and whoremongers. A whoremonger is a person who looks at perversions looks at those uh, pornography and everything, and they think, well, it's all right. No, it ain't all right. 
you're going to have your part that goes into the lake of fire that burns forever, too. Because it says so. As I say, the Bible is right and everybody else is wrong. And then it says sorcery and idolatry. What is idolatry? Anything that you put before God, it can be your family, it can be your own self. Well, I got to be a, 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 a literary. I got to study more so I can be perfect and everything. Listen, you study so you can obey your master. You study so you can operate for your master. You study so you'll know the rules of your master. Then it says, all liars shall have their part of the lake of fire, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Those that are born again, we won't have to go through this test. We won't have to go through this teaching. We'll already know about the new heaven and the new earth. That's why when it says, and there was no more sea. In other words, it was saying, this earth is going to have a new earth and a new heaven. A lot of people think, well, God's going to refurbish this thing. No, it's full of blood. He's not going to refurbish this thing. He's already bought already made a new city that we just can't see. He's already made a new earth that we cannot see. But when he speaks, everything will halt and do whatever God says, and then we will repopulate the earth. We'll be back on this earth to rule and reign forever. People always ruin the rule and reign in heaven, but that's not where we're going. We're going to rule and reign from the earth, except, as I say, my own personal view, that I believe God's going to give us a universe for our own, and that's part of God's house. For he said, in my father's house, there is many mansions. If it was not true, I would tell you so. And I go to prepare a place for you so that you may be with me also. God is God of the heavens and of the earth. So I really believe his word and what he says. All right. Then it says, uh, which is the second death. In other words, once we get past this, the things of the flesh. That's why Galatians 5 and 19, go look at that, what the work of the flesh is. Get past the work of the flesh, and we'll be in the work of the uh, the power of the Spirit. And then the ninth verse is, And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had seven vials full, full of the seven last plagues, that talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was, was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gate twelve angels, and, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. And on the east gate, on the north three gates, and on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve fountains, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gate thereof, and the wall thereof. And the city lies four square, and the length is, a, is as large as the greatest. And, and he measured the city with the reed 12,000 furlongs. And the length and the greatest and the height of it, is, of it are equal. 
and he measured the wall thereof an hundred and forty and four cubits according to the measure of a man that is of the angel. And the buildings of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. And the fountains of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third was chandelier, Okay. 
and the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every, every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it was transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein, for, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the king of the earth do bring their glory and honor unto, into it. Now let's stop there. And I want to go back to that 24th verse. And it says, and the nations of them that are saved. That's why I was telling you. The Jews will judge the Jews, but the Christians shall judge the Christians. We're not judged by the same thing they're judged under. So a lot of times when we say, well, they can't be saved without Jesus. The Bible tells us that if they live a holy life, that they can. And then you got to remember, he said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion on. He also said that, well, according to Paul, he said that we're the uh, uh, wild branches that have been grafted in. But he said it's a lot easier to take out the wild branches and bring back the natural branch and put it back in. So in other words, don't be looking down on the Jews. Talk about we're the replacement of them. No, we're not. We are not their replacement. But we have our position and that God has created us for the purpose. And the purpose is for the uh, for his joy and for his pleasure. Okay, keep going. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall no wise enter into it. And, and anything that defileth neither shall whatsoever work abomination or make it a lie. But they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. All right. In other words, when, we get, when this is being set up, heaven will be a wonderful place. No more sadness, no more joy, no more, uh, no place without joy because the Lord will be our joy. When he said the joy of the Lord is our strength, we'll really understand that. Now, we just read through 21 different scriptures or chapters. Those 21 different chapters represented the Hebrew alphabet. Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalit, Hey, Vav, Zion, Tet, Chet, Yud. I just went through 10 of them. Yud is the word for eternal and that's what this is the word of God is eternal it never stops if God ever one day stopped thinking about us for one second everything would go back to nothing but he thinks about us all the time in fact about it it says even God sings over us now that's great now we're getting ready to read the the Tao which is the last chapter of the book of Revelation Tao means either cross or nail. Well, what was Jesus hooked to? A cross. And how was he held there? By the nail. So now we're going to read the conclusion of the whole matter, as Solomon said, and the whole matter is to obey God and serve him. That's what he hit. And he showed me a pure, pure river of water of life clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the in the midst of the street of it, and on the on either side of the river, there were the tree of life, 
which bare twelve manner of fruit, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. In other words, he's saying the leaves are the tea. Tea is good for you. Now you think, why is it so important? I'm trying to tell you, God has things. But you'll know why people drink a lot of tea. It's because there's a lot of uh, medicine and healing in leaves. All right? And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him. And and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Now, you notice it said, they shall reign. In other words, they'll be ruling. And it also, the uh, about the light, you have to go to Isaiah, the 60th chapter, where it says, Arise, shine, for the glory has came upon you. I keep trying to tell you, we are going to be glorified. And when we are, the devil will know, know us when we walk down the street. The people who doesn't know God will know us because of the way we'll be glowing. Yes, we will definitely be glowing. Our skins will glow. And by that time, when we uh, we have uh, been eating up on the word, the word will be made flesh in us, and we will be seeing who are the sons of God and who are not. They will not be able to fake us out any longer. We'll be able to see. Go ahead, please. And he said unto me, these things are faithful and true, and the Lord God of holy prophets sent his angels to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. You notice it says prophecy of this book. Which book? The, the scriptures. The scriptures is all about prophecy. All right, keep going. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he, oh, okay. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard them and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then said he unto me, See thou do not, for I am thy fellow servant and of, and of thy brethren, the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. And he said unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. And he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And and he which is filthy, filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according to as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right the right have right to the tree of life, and may enter through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters, and whosoever loveth loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I'm the root and the offspring of David 
and the bright and the morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that thirst, that is a thirst, come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Now, when he talks about the world, the water of life freely, I've told you all before, that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will be moving so strong in us at that time. Our minds will be stayed upon him whose mind is stayed upon the Lord, will be blessed, going in, blessed, going out, be the head and not the tail. We'll know some things. You will never know all things. But if you look at who God is, you can see why we can never know everything. But the things that we'll know will be enough to make us happy. And it'll say, when the, who the son says free is free indeed. Continue. For I testify, for I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of this book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. And that little part there where it says, surely I come quickly, even so is the word called uh, the church. Uh, let me see. Uh, let me see. It starts with it. Uh, uh, Bishop Jones is in the pastor of that church. Uh, uh, it means come quickly. I have to think of, have to look that up. But we have just now finished the book of Revelation. The grace of God has been in us now that we've been able to see the truth. And the truth will set us free. So that's why we have to always look. Maranatha, the Lord cometh. That's what it means, Maranatha. And as we'll, as we'll sit there and allow the Lord's spirit to rule and rest in us, the stronger we become. So until uh, time, anybody got a question or anything? This is the time. Come on, if you have a question, put your hand up. Press number one. Hmm. That's all right. Well, what do you think? Was that informative? The book of Revelation. I think it was very informative. Yes, very informative. Um, it's amazing Earth how much. Yeah, it's it's amazing how much is it contained in that book. It, it's like the culmination of the whole Bible. You can see the whole Bible in there. Mm-hmm. This is the first time the Lord has ever had me to teach the whole book of Revelation. And that's what he brought me in, by the book of Revelation. And he told me for me to learn it. And I said, Lord, I can't do it without you. You know, God don't argue. <laughs> he tells you what he wants, and that's it. And I didn't want no whooping, so I decided I learned. <laughs> oh. Well, the uh, next time we're going to be teaching on the uh, book of Colossians because we need to know who we are in Christ, who, how much power do we really have, and how the devil's been trying to trick us and keep us down. And we're just going through a test. I keep trying to tell people it's nothing but a test. 
get through this test, go home. Fail this test, you go to hell. Now, the thing is, we don't have to fail it. We can knock down, we can be knocked down seven times, but the righteous person gets back up and ready again. Because I know if I'm in the middle of a fight, oh, I don't quit. That's why when I was younger, oh man, that's it. If I couldn't do nothing but spit on you, I'd spit on you. Because that means I'm not through. If I had to wait till next week or next month or next year, I, I'll get you. I remember this one guy hit me with a, a snowball named Junior Barnes. I'll never forget. And so he went on home. So I went outside, made me a snowball, and put it in an ice box. <laughs> and I waited till summertime to hit him with a big old thing of ice. But that's the way we should be about the Word of God. So like a bulldog, I don't want to give up. I won't eat the Word of God. I'm going to be a part of the Word of God. And then all of a sudden, he reveals that he is in you. The hope of glory. You're a tr- you're holding a treasure, which means greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. And as we start to do that, the more we learn. But as I said, we'll start on uh, Colossians next time, the first chapter, and see what the Lord leads us from there. So you want to pray for everybody? Dorothy? Who, Rhonda? Oh, me. Dorothy. Rhonda went to eat. All right. Um, let's see. Father, dear Father, I ask you to bless our listeners. Open a portal over them. Give them open heavens rather than a brass heaven. Ask you to open their ears and eyes and let them see even the simplest little things you do for us every day so that they may be grateful because you you really love a grateful heart, Father. Yes, yes. So help us to pay attention. In Jesus' name. Amen. And everybody um, said, look, Amen. Amen. I'm um, looking forward in two more weeks to contact y'all. Uh, I don't know what all is going to happen or anything because if it gets too cold, James wants to be a snowbird. I want to fly south for the winter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you have a blessed day. And, and until next time, be blessed. Thank you. You too. You have a blessed night. Rhonda, you have a blessed night. And thank you so much for doing the reading. You have such a sweet, lovely voice. She said, thank you so much. She's in the other room now. But she ran away? Oh, okay. (laughs) All right, dear. All right. So good night, everybody. And you all have a blessed two weeks. Amen. Amen. That's an order. <laughs> Good night, Pastor James. Good night, Dorothy. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. 
sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.